Welcome to the Life on Shuffle podcast, a collection of stories about people who have taken chances, embraced the unexpected, and discovered their true passion. Today, we are featuring Dana Miller, an AC teacher from Granite Falls, North Carolina. Also in the room today, we have myself, Tilly, hosting this episode, Riley, Eileen, and Kaylee and Cooper. Dana was born in Hudson, North Carolina. She's the youngest child and has an older brother living in South Carolina. She went to UNC Greensboro, majoring in exercise and sports science with a concentration in aquatic therapy. She was an aquatic therapist for five years before going back to school and attending Appalachian State, where she got her teaching certificate in special education. She now works at Granite Elementary School as an EC teacher. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you. So, when you were younger, what did you think your career would look like? Well, as every child, they have crazy dreams of what they would like to do. Originally, when my parents used to ask me what did I want to do, I told them I wanted to be a personal shopper. <laughs> Sounded like a great idea. That's my kind of career. Sounded like a great idea. <laughs> so that's what I originally, you know, set out to be. But when they crushed my dreams and told me that wasn't possible... <laughs> I decided that uh, I would like to major in exercise and sports science. And did something happen during your childhood or teenage years that influenced your career? I've always loved sports, so that was something that I'd wanted to do. Um, Originally, I thought about physical therapy, Mm -hmm. and one way to do that was getting the exercise and sports science degree to move that next step. So that's originally what led me in that direction. All right. And what was your original plan for life? And why did you choose the path at the time? Like the original idea that you had, what led you to picking that? Just for the fact, when I grew up, um, I have seizure disorder. So Mm -hmm. I was always going to the doctor, being around other doctors, around that kind of atmosphere. So I knew that I wanted to help people. Um, And so that's what led me into that path of thinking of exercise and sports science and physical therapy in that way because I wanted to help other people. Mm -hmm. So when you were going into college, what all colleges did you apply to for sports science? Well... If you want me to be really honest, when when I was in school, in high school, I didn't enjoy high school. I just wanted out of school. Um, so I didn't have that straight going into the four-year university. I went through the community college for two years before I transferred into the school. So I, I applied for Appalachian State. I applied to UNC Greensboro, and I applied to Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that your life or career would be different if you had gone to UNC instead of UNCG? Okay, so I did get accepted to both schools. Um, And the reason that I did not choose to go to Chapel Hill was because I had to wait a semester longer to get into Chapel Hill than to go into UNCG. If I would have chosen to go into Chapel Hill, I would have not gone down the path of becoming the aquatic therapist. 
the reason I became an aquatic therapist was just by happen chance. One of the classes that I had to take um, introduced me to aquatic therapy and working with individuals with disabilities. So that's what led me into thinking, hey, this is really what I'm wanting to do. So that's what led to that concentration into the aquatic therapy. If I'd have gone to Chapel Hill, those things would have never happened. I would have never found my love and passion for individuals with disabilities. So do you think it was right all along that you ended up not going to UNC? I do. I do. Plus the um, tuition cost <laughs> pretty high is a big difference. And if you can get the same outcome by saving yourself money, it's not all about the name of the college. It's what you can get out of it. I agree. Yeah, I said it in, the, in another episode that uh, my where I ended up now is directly related to that acceptance letter that mm -hmm. showed up in the mail. Um, and like, that's a very stressful time for young yes. people to do that. But like, just knowing that it does end up okay, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have any hopes one way or another. I just needed to get in. I'm like you, high school was not my thing. My, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I just needed a school. Yes. And then everything from there, like, you know, I just kind of figured it out along the way. Once That's I exactly got one right. So kind of to bring that back to um, earlier on in your childhood, did your parents influence your career choice as a child? And if so, how? No, the only way that they've really, truly influenced me is by letting me follow my dreams. Um, my mom did not go to college. Mm -hmm. uh, she finally did get a two-year degree from the community college in business. My father did not. Um, he was on the road all the time working away from us. Um, he also went into the National Guards to help provide for the family. Um, so they were very adamant that we were going to go to school. We could choose whether it was a two-year or four-year, but we were going to school and get an education so we could better ourselves more so than what they did. So that was how they influenced us by making us choose um, to continue our education. Well, I think it's always best to like kind of let your child figure it out themselves because I know that a lot of parents have kind of influenced their kids into going into careers that they don't even want to be in. Mm -hmm. And then like later on down the road, they're like, they've gone through all this school and spent all this money and they don't even like the career that they're in. So I think that that's like the best way to be like there for your kid when they're growing up is just to let them figure it out and like give them the space and um that kind of brings me to my next question which was 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 or is your family supportive of the career path you ended up choosing absolutely 100 percent. i think ultimately the um the main goal with my family was just for me to be happy Mm -hmm. And I did not have that career change until after I had already had my daughter. Um, so that career change came later on after I had Kaylee. So how do you believe that, like, growing up around Hudson, like, influenced your, like, I guess, career to be an aquatic therapist and then an AC teacher? Being from Caldwell County is... It's different from being raised in other counties. Caldwell County, in certain little areas, is a very close-knit family. Um, everybody knows everybody. Everybody encourages everyone, um, and they believe in each other. So I believe by being in Caldwell County, um, 
it helped me build the confidence in myself to be able to follow through with what I wanted to do. Well, do you also think that North Carolina's like kind of big on education? And do you think that kind of like growing up in this state specifically where it's very like education centered, do you think that kind of like had anything at all to do with the like why you picked your career or? No, I honestly don't. I think what led me to choose my career was ultimately my heart and passion. That's what led me to where I am now. I think I would have had that same heart and passion no matter where I was at. And it ultimately comes from the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. So did you do anything back then that would like fit your career now? Meaning such as what? Like did you take any classes or anything that was like, okay, if aquatic therapy doesn't work out, teaching is the move. Any sports? I mean, yeah. Okay, no. So... <laughs> That's a funny story. So when I was enrolling at UNCG, I had the choice then, do I want exercise and sports science, aquatic therapy, or do I really want to do the teaching? You know, I was looking at both of them, you know, like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, no, this is the way I'm going. I really want to, you know, exercise, sports science, the aquatic therapy. This is really the way I want the, you know, the path to go. And ultimately the path came back to teaching again. You know, it just made that full circle. But if I had gone originally into teaching, it would have been with regular ed students. It would have not have led me to the special ed area. Um, so kind of to bring it more focus on your college experience, did you think um, or what kind of mindset did you go into college with, like first starting out? Because um, I know that originally that wasn't the career choice that you thought. So what kind of was your mindset going into college? I think when everybody goes into college, they have high hopes and dreams and you're going to be successful and you're not going to have any difficulty. You're not going to have any difficulty with anything that you're doing. But the first semester into college, I was not prepared. Even though I had gone for two years at the community college, that's a big life change of going from a small town living community college to going to Greensboro where everything is happening and that freedom that I haven't had before so that first semester into college I was put on academic probation I had to get my life straight that first semester in college and it wasn't because I was out partying it wasn't because of all those things it's because I was straight up just being able to do what I wanted to do. So that had to get serious. That made me buckle down to what I had to do. Uh, I used to like keep that a secret to students. And then after a while, I just started like saying, (laughs) I am not the best student. Mm -mm. You would be surprised to see a transcript of a teacher that looks the way, like, you know, Yep. Uh, I've, you know, I've told them before, like, I, I've always wanted to do something with people and sharing information. I was not calling it education. But then, you know, school wasn't, like, my thing. Mm-mm. And then I was I was in the same boat. I had to, like, take extra easy classes to bump a GPA to be able to, like, even get into a program that I wanted. Yes. Um but, you know, being able to kind of push through that, but also, like, understanding that it's okay to live life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing the same thing. I wasn't partying or, or carrying on. I was, like, 
I want to try as many of these new adventures as I can in this new place. Yes. And then I'll like figure it out. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my schooling kind of <laughs> <laughs> took a little bit of a hit there, but uh, you know, it's. But I believe all of those things, and even being put on academic probation, made me be the person that I am today. It made me realize, hey, I can fail this bad and still come out of it okay and make good choices and know that I'm a good person and that I am steady on my feet and what I'm doing now. I think it made me be stronger and believe in myself even more. I was just wondering, like, what was the hardest part of that first semester? Was it like self-discipline or time management or kind of just a combination of everything? Well, Tilly, this is really going to date me, and I love you so much. But when I first transferred to UNCG is when the Internet, believe it or not, came. Mm-hmm. True story. <laughs> Caldwell County, we did not have the It was expensive. It was the days of the dial-up. It was expensive. I got to UNCG and had free reign of the Internet. Did not have dial-up. We were big-timing it at UNCG. <laughs> You know, so I was there. I was searching the web. I mean, I was just wasting time being free. (laughs) I mean, I feel like you have to, everyone just has to go through that first kind of like thinking that you can kind of just do whatever and then something happens and you realize you got to get on track. But I can say that's definitely happened to me before with my attendance. (laughs) All right. Um, Could you describe to us what aquatic therapy is? So aquatic therapy is basically doing physical therapy, but it's in the water. So you use the resistance of the water to help people um, do their exercises that they were una- they would be unable to do out on land. So when I did my internship at Baptist Hospital, I taught an individual how to walk again who had just had a massive stroke because the water helped the resistance of the water helped hold him up so he could walk, but he was not holding his weight because he was, you know, resistant. So we were able to teach him how to walk again and then slowly transition him to shallow water and then independently walking by himself. But it was all due to, you know, being able to be in the water. And that's just a little extra benefit of the water. That's awesome. So would you say there was any pivotal points in or after college that ended up influencing the rest of your future? I would say that when I got my job at J. Iverson Riddle in Morganton, um, you know, it's a facility that um, individuals with disabilities live permanently. Um, when I started working there, that is when I really found my true passion in life and what I really wanted to do. Um, we... You know, I served as their recreational therapist, but I was the aquatic therapist also there. So we would do recreational activities with them. Um, And I believe working with those individuals is what has shaped me into who I am today because I was able to learn, um, hey, we can modify this activity and they can still do it. Um, And I've been able to transfer those skills over into my teaching career now, knowing how to adapt different things in order to make them be able to do it now. You know, we were adapting switches in order to make somebody be able to bowl. We were doing adaptive water skiing. We were making blenders where they would be adaptable to be able to use with a switch. Those are things that I've taken over and been able to use in the classroom now. 
Um, and was there any, can you remember any kind of specific instance there that um, was a really like eye-opening experience for you, especially like go, knowing that you're going to go into this career? So there was a young lady who lived at the center and she, she's still there. Her name was Bertha. Mm-hmm. Bertha, I still have a picture of Bertha behind my desk. Um, Bertha is probably about 60 years old now. And she was, she had cerebral palsy. So she was only able to use one arm and her wheelchair. But I could walk into the, her home and she could hear my voice and she would start yelling, Mama. Here I am coming in 21-year-old and a 50-year-old yelling, Mama, and come rolling and giving me kisses. Uh Um, To know that myself at 21 years old can make an impact on someone like that, that they could love you that much just by me reaching out and wanting to do fun things with them, treating them like they are an individual is really that one impactful moment. Everything I do... I do because of what we call her birdie, what birdie would do. You know, when I look at the students in my classroom now, I think back to birdie because birdie is almost like my, my children. Say if it was Kaylee or trace, that's, we would bring her home on the holidays um, for Thanksgiving and Christmas Mm -hmm. and include her in all of the activities. Well, I think that's what like really makes it worth it. It makes you realize that you love what you're doing when you're making like genuine connections with people that like seriously impact their life and uh, you can tell that it really impacted her life just based on like how she treated you whenever Mm -hmm. you walked in Mm -hmm. so that's really great so once you realized that you wanted to be an ec teacher did the people around you react to your decision uh, to change paths were they positive or negative about it they were positive because they knew the reason why the reason why i changed paths was because i became pregnant with my daughter And when my hours of where I worked were late hours, it was like 12.15 until 8.45 at night and then every other weekend. And I knew when I became pregnant with Kaylee that I would want to be home with her in the afternoons when she got home. And I was already thinking of those when I was just pregnant with her before she's even born. Um, So I started seeking out what other what other jobs that I could do that I could still work with the same type of individuals? And then that's how I came in the path of being an EC teacher. And the cards just started falling in place, Tilly, about what I needed to do. Family members were stepping up, helping me find the Appalachian Transition to Teaching program, which I was able to go back to school for free. Um, I had my parents... Um, after Kaylee was born, they basically helped raise Kaylee for the first couple of years um, because my husband was a pharmacist and he had to work horrible hours. So while I was in school in the evening, they would keep Kaylee. So I would work a full-time job, then leave there and then go into school in the evening and they would keep Kaylee for me. So everybody had to play a part in to make this moment happen for me. And if it wasn't for the family and all those, the individuals, whether it had been families or friends or whoever, it would have not have happened. Yeah, I think that's, um, like, really just good that you can have, like, your family there to, like, always, you, like, you know that they're always going to be there for you. And especially during a time where you're figuring everything out and you're kind of alone um, doing this, it's nice to have um, 
people that are supporting you and are willing to help you get through this really important stage. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really, really amazing. Did you have any big fears during the stage between going from aquatic therapy to an EC teacher? And how did those fears affect you? I did have a lot of fears. And the fears were fear of failure because I'd already been through school before. And now I'm adding a full-time job onto it and ha raising a daughter. I was very afraid. I was afraid of how are we going to pay our bills? What are we going to do? All of those, the things that fall into place. But what did happen was that we found the program where I was able to go back to school for free. I didn't pay for books. I didn't pay for my tuition. I just had to work into a high-need school for five years to have it all paid for, which Caldwell County was a high-need school. So it was already set in place for those things to happen. So what would you say is your favorite thing about being an EC teacher? Like what made it worth going back to school all those years? Every day when you walk in the door and the kids run up to you and tell you they loved you and they missed you, um, those are the highlights. When you have a kid that has autism, that is primarily nonverbal, um, and now they're in fifth grade and they're reading their first sentence for the first time, those are the moments you say, this is why I do this. This is why... I come in because we have children who have meltdowns that I do get hit. I do get beat up. I do, you know, things thrown at me. But those moments like that is what makes it worth every bit of seeing that child who has struggled all that time come in and be able to get it that one time. That's what makes it all worth it. Mm. Um, is there anything that you miss about being an aquatic therapist? I miss Birdie. <laughs> I miss my lady. Um, and I do miss the fun things. I do miss being able to go out and go to the water parks, to go shopping, to be the fun person all the time. Um, I do miss those things, but I also get to move that over now into the teaching program because of the clubs that I've implemented into the elementary setting. And also you still get to keep in touch with all of your kids because they come to Special Olympic events, but you're also the coach of Special Olympics. Do you ever see them out in um, just like public? Have you ever run into one? My previous students? Mm -hmm. All the time. <laughs> all the time. So my son, Trace, is named after one of the first students that I had um, that came in from auti with autism. Um, he was my first student that came in. We instantly just connected. So now we have little Trace, who is my son, and big Trace, who is my first student. Um, and he's still at our house all the time. And then um, I also teach uh, or coach Special Olympics swim for our county. <laughs> Half our team is my previous students, you know. So I keep that connection with them. I keep connections with the parents. I still get phone calls. Kids still FaceTime me. Kids that were in elementary school that are now in middle school, high school, their teachers let them FaceTime me in the middle of the school day. So I still talk to them all the time. Um, I can be out somewhere and we can hear my name and it'll be one of my previous kids that's come rhyming up to give me loving. So it's sweet. That's adorable. So is that one of the only, is that like your main club? You said clubs, like, 
there oh, was more than one. Well, I do do several things. I'm one of the odd people at school that like to do a lot of different things. So I do um, coach Caldwell County Special Olympics, but then I have Unified Champions, um, which is a Special Olympics program, and then I also coach Battle of the Books for our school. The random one to throw in there. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so, other, well, I mean, yeah, the Battle of the Books was a surprise for me. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, I love to read. But I wanted to, and and I don't know if they had this like on deck for a question, but if you said way back when at the very beginning, like you just wanted to like help mm-hmm. a rather specific population mm-hmm. and like with aquatic therapy and then with the clubs, like do you feel like you fulfill that in like intrinsic need yes. for the help? Yes. Even though you ended up in a kind of different kind of place. I did. Because the funny thing when you're saying that, it brings me back. I remember growing up and traveling in the car with my mom, and we were talking about our future and stuff. And she would say, Kaylee, what, you know, I'm not sorry, Kaylee. Um, Dana, what are you wanting to do, you know? And we would talk about it, and I would always want to be a mom. That was the first thing I tell. I want to be a mama. I want to be a mom. I want to have kids. But then I would be even more specific in saying that I would want to be a mom with a kid with a disability because I knew that if I had a child with a disability that I would love them no matter what. And if the Lord is going to give them to someone, give them to me because I would love them no matter what. So I kind of, it's funny when you look back and you have those things when you're starting when you're so young, how it comes full circle into where you are right now. But it's things that you would never think about when you were younger. Now you're 46 years old sitting here and you're thinking, man, I remember how all these things are falling into place. And um, was there any, did you feel kind of like any pressure to pick a career, like especially when you were kind of younger, maybe not from your parents, but from like teachers or advisors? No, I don't think the pressure was there as much when Mm -hmm. I was going through school like it is for you now. Like now you're already choosing when you're in middle school what career path you're going in. When Mm -hmm. I was in middle school, I wasn't thinking about anything except what I was going to watch on TV that night. (laughs) I mean, for being for real, I mean, we weren't thinking about career paths. That wasn't a thing. When we were in school, and especially in Caldwell County, it was our parents worked in furniture plants. It was there wasn't that outreach to go other places. Mm-hmm. Um, so our last question for you is what's the best advice you have for young people trying to figure out what they want to do in life you have to make sure you're happy if you go into this and you think that I want to be a graphic designer you know because I'm a really good artist is that what you're going to be able to do for the next 30 years exactly. and wake up every day and know this is what I meant to do. This is what I was meant to do. This is going to make me happy for the rest of my life. And if you're like, I don't know, then take a step back and look. But if you go into that program, you know, you can always come back and say, okay, how can I use this program to go into something else that I'm wanting to do? It's okay to change in the middle of it. It's okay to say, whoa, this is not what I want to do. I need to do something else to make myself happy. Because if you go into a path that you're not happy about, then you're going to get stuck when people are yelling and screaming at you. And you're going to think, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. 
but I still get people yell and scream at us every day. But I know the reason that I'm doing it is for the kids every single day. That's what makes all the other stuff go away. I think you just hit on like why teaching is one of the lowest paid professions. It's like the people that are doing it, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whether there's money or not. Yes. Like we're always going to do this. Yes. So um, do you think that like it would be beneficial for students to like go out and try a bunch of new things if they aren't really sure what they should or maybe want to go into? Do you think it's beneficial for them to get experience in different areas? I do. And the reason, I mean, I know, like, if I was a teenager and somebody would say, you need to go do this internship, be like, but I don't want to take my summer away. I don't want to do this. I would rather go shopping and this vacation and do this and that. But if you can go ahead and get your feet wet into something and get a little bit of experience and think, this is not what I thought this was about, I can back up a little bit and think, okay, then what can I do that would make me happy? You need to get experiences in order to know what you're going to be happy with. Does anyone else have any more questions for Dana? Okay, well, we thank you for being here. We appreciate having you and getting to hear your story. Um, especially in today's society and economy, students feel lost about which career path they should stick to. So it's nice to hear a story where someone bounced around to different careers before finding one that made them happy. Thanks again for being here. We have appreciated having you on the podcast. So we shouldn't have stopped recording because Dana made a really good point about Unified Champions, which you were talking about earlier. I was talking about it just for a few moments, but prior to speaking about Unified Champions, I remembered another important part of the story, and it was in that transition moment of between teaching, going from going from being the aquatic therapist to teaching, is when I was going through a divorce also from my daughter's um, father. Being going through that divorce taught me how to stand up for myself, believe in myself, and the confidence that I had um, in fighting for what was right and what I believed in. And that transferred into the classroom with working with people with disabilities and finding and fighting for their rights and what they deserve to have in life. Um, and that ties in with the Unified Champions, which is a Special Olympics program. Um, and at our school, we are a national banner recognition school through Special Olympics. So that means that we are a nationally recognized program. Um, in 2018, when we first started it, we were one of six schools in the United States who were um, given this um, national banner. So Unified Champions works. Um, it's a sports-based program for inclusion. So you have your same age peers, so the regular ed students work with the um, students with disabilities and they come into a buddy program in which they do sports activities with that. But at Granite Falls Elementary, I pushed it to the next level because even though my students um, have disabilities, of course they still want their friends. They need friends, but they can't go out into the reg ed setting because it's too much for them. Um, so what I do is I bring in reg ed students to my classroom to where my students are already comfortable because that's their normal environment. It's kind of like a reverse inclusion type thing where they come in and they work with them for an hour every day. 
So they have reading buddies, lunch buddies. Then we do that every day. And then we also tie in the sports-based program of it by doing kickball games and we have the swimming and things like that. So I'm able to tie in what I originally went to school for, for the exercise and sports science and the aquatic therapy into what I'm still doing now and what I love still with the teaching. So I get the best of both worlds. I still get to tie in with what I originally went to school for but tied in with my passion, my true passion of teaching individuals with disabilities. So it all works together. Yeah, it's like, sorry to cut back in and, and have to, you know, record again, but like that element right there, are, that's kind of like the the stories that we want to showcase with this whole series is, you know, how people have, they think, that what their passion is is one one direction and then realize that you know you can still meet those needs you can fulfill you know what it is that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. but maybe in a completely unique and like applicable way to however life spins for you Mm -hmm. you know despite hardships or anything like that like you know we're all going to work through life in one way but you know as long as we kind of always keep pushing towards what we're passionate about right like, i mean i think you know we've said it time and time again that i don't i can't recall i think my wife is the only one that took a direct path in life like <laughs> always knew she wanted to be an elementary school teacher and then is now an elementary mm-hmm. school teacher but you know it's it's good to showcase for young people those types of stories and how it's okay to change yeah just like always know, once you figure out what you're passionate about you're good like, to go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Stay there. Keep yes. doing what you're doing. And it's not all, all about the money. No. It's not about the money. Because if you drive, you strive solely for the money, you're not going to be happy. Today's episode was recorded on March 30th, 2023. This episode was produced by Riley Bean, and it was hosted by Tilly Airwood, Eileen Zavaleta, and Kaylee Moore.